Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show, brought to you by Eagle Eye View. Uh, of course, it is the number one uh, Crystal Palace women's podcast that there is out there. Um, it's myself, Mike, and my co-host, Phil. Hopefully, hopefully, with no, um, no issues <laughs> this time. <laughs> I mean, last time, obviously... Hello, Mike. Hello. Three guys to get started, and then halfway through... I couldn't hear anybody anymore. So uh, hopefully no hitches today because it's, it's a big one tonight. So first of all, Phil, yeah, I think we're, I'm good, thanks. And uh, it looks like we're connected. So that, that's that's a good start, isn't it? So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really is, well. I've had a day off today. So been walking around London with my Danish friends and a couple of other mates and had a good day. So yeah, um, yeah, I've got, polo, I've got a Palace Women Polo shirt on that's just arrived as well. I know you've seen photos of that. So I'm very happy with those. So yeah, good. Really good, thanks. Yeah, do you know what? Normally, when I listen to podcasts, obviously they've always got advert breaks and stuff in, which is really funny when I listen to the American ones and it's they go for the whole spiel of it. It's quite entertaining. But I always thought I could do as advertising for on these, I could advertise my books. But I'm now starting to think we're going to need to advertise your clothing line that you uh, that you <laughs> that you're now creating and single handedly modelling yourself. So uh, yeah. you know, the thing is though, I've given Palace. So many opportunities to get some Palace women merchandise and over a year now I've been waiting and in the end I've just thought you know what it's just easier for me to just do it myself so I've ordered some beanies and I've ordered some polo shirts and um, yeah I mean you know I've tried to make them as cheap as possible but when you're making small orders obviously it can be quite expensive but um, <clears throat> but yeah I think I think they're really good quality I'm really pleased the bean the beanies and the polo shirts are really good quality I've used two different companies so they're not exactly the same company but um, yeah so if anyone wants anything um, on Sunday just let just come and see us with the flag behind the flag there'll be some There'll be some stuff there. If people want to buy anything, they'll be available. Any money, which is very small amounts, any money that we do make, a couple of quid on each item, really, is going to go towards flags anyway. So no one's making any money. I don't I don't make profit out of uh, Palace fans, you know. So if anyone wants anything, just come and see see us behind the flags and there'll be some uh, there'll be some things that people can buy on Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, just thought I'd plug. Might as well use that plug, mightn't I, while, I, while I'm on here. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't lie, I've seen you iron up the uh, the fancy yacht that you want to buy with the money. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to get a bag on wheels. I, the first thing I'm going to buy, because we've now got 19 flags, um, and they're so heavy, honestly, it's ridiculous. And that, that, and actually, we've been quite lucky with the weather. And if, if, if they get wet, you can almost double the weight. And I can't even lift the bag up anymore with 19 flags in there. So the first thing I'm going to do with any – these couple of quid I'm going to make on each um, – on each item is literally to buy um, uh, one of those cricket bags with wheels and extendable handle. So um, it'll all, yeah, everything that every, every little penny goes back into the supporting the palace women. So every, you know, just, just to reassure people, no profits being made out of these, but the polo shirts are really lovely, really comfortable. Um, and the beanies are just really good quality as well. So 20 pounds for each. And um yeah, I mean, literally the cost price is, is 18 quid and 15. So we're just making a, a few quid to go towards um, the bag and any other flags that we make. It's literally pence, you know, we're not making anything out of it. So, but yeah, they're really good quality, really pleased with them. And um, I'm sitting here wearing my Palace Women polo shirt as I speak. And uh, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, it's great. Nothing else, just a polo shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll leave you. I'll leave well, the rest to your imagination. <laughs> yeah. Cheers for that, yeah. 
So, uh, it's, it's always good, isn't it? Money go back into Palace women from us fans. If only Parish yeah. and Texter and Co. would, you know, could do the same thing. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, obviously, there, there's no game to review from the weekend because uh, it's internationals. I managed to uh, time this to clash with England's last game in the Arnold Clark Cup. So uh, it's one 0 England. Just uh, anyone who's missing it. Uh, the um, but obviously we have got a game this Sunday, a rearranged game, which we will look ahead to briefly at the end of this we're probably with a slight moan about the uh, the change of times but we'll get to that this show uh, is an, an immensely important one and it, it ties in with things we've kind of discussed over the, the last year of, of running the podcast um, but it for, you know this really enhances things that we kind of knew things that we didn't know uh, concerns that we have and, and highlights what we've said about the change that is required within the, the mindset of the club, I think. So, uh, to, to do that, we've got a special guest on tonight, uh, Nathaniel. So, for Nathaniel, just want to check, first of all, whether you can, A, hear us, and B, are able to, to access your mic and, and speak. So, are you there, Nathaniel? Good evening. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Oh, superb. Yes, we can. Good evening, Good. Nathaniel. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. And thank you very much for having me on. As you can see, I can see loads of... Um... Uh, loads of people who have joined this uh, <laughs> names that I recognise, so it's great that. Um, so I just want to say thank you for the invitation, and um, yeah, uh, and I'm look forward to obviously discussing topics surrounding the women's game with you. Oh, it's our pleasure, and, and it's probably the uh, looking at looking at the list. It's probably the most popular uh, live one we've had, so we'll have to book you every week just to yeah. boost, <laughs> boost the ratings, as it were. So I've already been told. I've already been told by someone close to me not to talk too much. So. Um, oh, I'm no, not sure that's, if that's a good or bad thing. That is what you're here for tonight. So, Indeed. obviously, you're here. Um, this has come about because of the open letter you've written. But first of all, um, yes. I'd like you just to introduce yourself to those who are listening who um, aren't aware. Uh, so just give a little brief introduction of yourself and your role at the club. And then I think, I know you and I discussed it before, I think, a nice thing to do would be to have you read out that letter. Now, I've, I've okay. just for those who um, are, listen, are listening and want to read it themselves later, I have tweeted it out again just before this went live, and I've pinned it to the top of my profile page. So if anyone wants to read the letter, it's pinned there. I'll leave it there for a couple of days so that people can do that. But I just think it would be good to... To hear it from, because it's your, it's your words, it's your passionate words, and I think it'd be good to hear you actually saying them, and we'll give it'll give us the context of what this is about. So over to no you, Nathaniel. Okay, so um, so those of you who don't know, um, my name's Nathaniel Taki Burko. I'm uh, um, I'm a, a youth development phase coach at Crystal Palace um, FC Women's. Um, I've been at the club since oh it's since I think 2017 so it's been it's been quite some time it's been about 5 to 6 years since I've been at the club um I joined on the back of my niece joining um and I've been literally with the club from when they were last spot, last kit makers were Macron when I first joined in imagine and um I've progressed all the way through I've moved up all of the age groups this season I'm coaching currently our 
under 14s um, academy who are doing really, really well in the Junior Premier League. Um, they, they've actually won their own league and they're going to go into the national finals um, later on this year. Um, and like with all the other teams um, in at the club, are in the next rounds of the Surrey County Cup as well. So there's there's lots of great stuff happening. Excellent, excellent. So I say welcome, and we really appreciate you. You, you you've been wanting to come on um, and happy to talk about this and what we feel is such an important important topic. Um, and it's things we discuss as the loyal on the terrace, you know, on a match day and after the games, and you know we. It is it is so important because there's so many of us who are passionate about it um, and about wanting to improve things for the club, for the players, for the staff, everyone involved to make Crystal Palace women the best it can possibly be. Yeah. Um, so with that said, as I say, if you're happy to, um, yeah. do you want to read through your letter first I will of all do. and then we'll go and, we can go into discussing about it? No problem at all. Um, so I'll go from the top. So it was... Dear Mr. Parrish, Mr. Texter and the Crystal Palace Board, um, I write this open letter to you, the fans of the club and the entire women's game under the most severe of circumstances, in a hope you not only look but read and digest every part of it because it's a, because it is personal and it's also about our club and the wider community. I haven't written this letter lightly. I appreciate that it will likely affect my current and uh, my current and future ability to coach at, uh, these fantastic girls and women at this amazing club. However, I can't stand idly by and watch the blatant hypocrisy, failures to help and inequality being shown to our women and girls by you at this club. And then that actually put in brackets, please note this letter will be sent to the FA the Premier League and various other media outlets. I actually sent it to anybody who was associated to sports to be honest with you. Um for the last six years, I've coached at Crystal Palace FC Women, formerly Crystal Palace FC Lady, uh, Crystal Palace Ladies FC, starting by sheer coincidence because of my niece, who I coached from uh, the age of five up. When she joined the club at the age of 10 years old, I also joined uh, until the end of 2022 when uh, I joined our under-14s and she continued into our under-16s. My niece, who is now 15 years old, lives two roads away from Sellers Park, as do I, and passes by the stadium and hears the screams of joy and elation that echo across South Nord on match days. I, as a coach, will complete my UEFA B certification this summer, and this is a direct result of my time with the club. Why is this important? you might ask. It provides context and feeling. Crystal Palace FC, before your time as its steward, has always been about the community. My joining the club came from my family and in turn we both joined the wider community and that has helped both our careers in the game grow, as it has for the hundreds of girls and women we've coached. In my six years of involvement, I've been part of the wider team that's helped make key changes to transitioning and transforming the club into an elite first team and academy by way of improved coaching, raising standards of outcomes and competing in arguably the best grassroots league in the country and being it's, uh, being at its pinnacle most years in the, in the junior Premier League. Um, we've um, how we've how we've um, sought, attracted, and received funding by way of individual sponsorship, without your help, I'll come back to this point. Created a brand as a youth development pathway and reputation amongst both grassroots cl- grassroots clubs, RTCs, and the England Women's National Team pathway. This year, uh, we played and competed against the likes of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and FCN, 
who might I say have the backing and came with the resources you would expect an established Premier League club like Crystal Palace FC to offer their women's sides. We still competed. Finally, the current under-16 generation will be the first proof of our of our new structure's success since the changes over the last five years. And I am convinced there is there are future first team players there. What you, the board and the whole of the men's football section fail to realise is that we've actually adopted and adapted how we develop based purely on the example of the boys' academy and men's success. What you've got wrong and you don't realise. Now let's get to the meat of this letter. You, the club and your lack of recognition and support for us ever. Since I've been at the club, you've never recognised or shown um, support to those that have made our club what it is today. Personally, having run num having run the numbers, I've spent close to nine thousand pounds of my own money in helping grow the girls and women's side. Buy and there's some bullet points. The, the coaches are never provided with kit. We have to buy our own from the club shop and sometimes even struggle to get twenty percent discount. I've had to purchase all my own equipment: balls, cones, poles, bibs, and even goals uh, in order to train. Uh, only from last season were we allowed to claim expenses. So every trip to matches across the UK, um, uh, mind you, was personally funded. Even more embarrassing is that our players pay huge fees to play for us because you, the main club, either don't care or cannot be bothered to support us. Um, they have, in addition uh, to the costs, we uh, so, so in addition to the costs, we've also had to see parents purchase their own training kit. This is because this season we were stopped from attracting our own sponsors at the direct behest of uh, of the main club and received nothing from you. Uh, we have to pay huge fees for pitches and 3G access, which you have an abundance of access to. Um, paying for their own travel to basic tournaments that put the badge the club into great stead. A general lack of support from the men's side, be it to watch games, come and coach sessions or just interact with us. Because of the work we do, we are constantly losing players to WSL clubs uh, due to lack of support. This would not happen in the boys or men's game. And finally, we cannot provide our players with the full support they need. Full kit, nutrition plans, VO classroom sessions, you know, physios at every age group three to four days uh, training in line with the RTCs and the Europe's best women in academies and education programs. Forgive me, but as, as, a, as respected business people, I'm perplexed and quite astonished that you do not discuss additional funding for women with our kit providers and, and club sponsors as additional caveats to support women's football by way of investment. Why is that? Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace LA, uh, Ladies FC were one of the founding member, uh, founding clubs of of modern modern day women's elite football in the UK for women, alongside Chelsea. Please go look at the chasm and gulf between the two clubs now. It's ridiculous. I'm now hearing reports of, uh, from parents and supporters that you've moved the Crystal Palace FC women's first team out of the new academy centre and placed them in, in inadequate facilities in a local secondary school. Who does this to a second tier club? Is this the reason for the extensive injury lists and in turn effect, uh, affected our results? Why was the move away from the academy ground ever considered? Are you honestly serious about the women's game? John Texter is a 40% stakeholder in the club and has overseen the transformation of Leon's women's team, who are arguably the best women's setup in Europe. Why are we not leaning on his experience and passion to grow our women, women and girls division? 
we have international players at all levels of the women game at our club. Why do you not recognise and see this progress and build on it? You only took on the first team at the start of this season and some of the goings on are disappointing. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Our community is made up of men and women of different cultures, heritages, social and economic circumstances that help you every day be successful. You are failing the very people you should be helping. You may have ingenious and creative staff members in your comms team to derail or debunk this letter, but this is the second time in the space of eight months you've been called out on this matter. The facts do not lie, and you have to accept accountability for the passive approach to this important agenda. After a successful Euros of our Lionesses, instead of the club embracing the feeling and taking on board an, a, a, an entity, you have quite simply done nothing to support or help grow. You chose passiveness. When I met with England and Surrey FA um, late last year, I didn't realise that Croydon only has five girls team in the whole of the borough, us being one of them. Do you know what type of untapped opportunity and resource that is to drive the women's game? England are crying out for more players from South London, but yet you don't see the opportunity. No wonder the likes of our neighbouring RTCs take our players, who's, who we spend years developing, to push through to the first team. We do not have the support and we need it. Every girl and woman that wears the red and blue or aspires to get, get into the game deserves it from you and all clubs. The FA have just announced a new women's uh, pathway and now I've heard you're not supporting the, uh, the reintroduction of the under-21s and the future of our youth development phase is, is questionable. My question is, where is the pathway without the step into adult football from the, phase, from the, from the youth phase? Who are the first team without its youth? We've had over 20 girls in the past two seasons alone as a grassroots club be monitored or invited to assessment centres. That's with England. We now have a girl who, who will represent us at England camp in February and have at least two or three others that will progress to this stage in the coming year. To conclude, the coaches here and I have done literally everything we can to create an environment that's inclusive and progressive, but you need to do, but but you need to do better, uh, people. You have to do better because despite your current demeanour, I know that your proper support, that with your proper support, we can achieve things beyond what, what we can imagine. Step out on the ledge and take a leap of faith, of faith, back us properly. All of us above, all of the above has been achieved under, under your badge, our badge. People in years to come might not remember me or my colleagues, but they'll remember what the club stood for. No, no, uh, sorry, uh, um, that's, uh, no, no, sorry, what the club stood for, no stands for, long after we're gone. This is, this is about you, because whether you like it or not, we are you, we are Crystal Palace FC. I've seen the, I've seen a new general manager's post advertised. All I can hope is that you appoint someone from within the women's game that can educate the club in what they are letting go, what they need to have. Uh, what they need to have a successful girls' pathway, as opposed to just a yes person. I say that. I say that. I say these words are my own. I alone am responsible for this letter to you, and I hope it is received in the same feeling as it was written, with sincere compassion and urge to see progressive and productive change at our club. I'm happy to discuss these points with you in person or on a call if needs be. 
I am not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to incite progress for girl for girls and women in the game. This isn't some th uh, this isn't some two months. Let's sit and wait. We need action now. We need action and we need action now. Kind regards, Nathaniel. And it was co-signed by my colleague Dennis, who's also a coach of Crystal Palace Women FC. Excellent. First of all, thank you very much for reading it out. I know it's a bit, quite a hell of a lot to read. <laughs> You'd have to no, start the yeah, show. Re yeah, reading it back is. I didn't realize how long it was. Uh, I might have cut it down slightly, but yeah. No, no, it's great. It's the thing is, it's, it's long because the, the passions there, isn't it? And unfortunately, because there's so much as we, as I say, we we, we keep finding it. There's so many things that just need to be highlighted. Yes. Um, now I know you've got some updates that you, you're able to provide us, um, which we'll we'll move on. We'll do a bit later on. I think we need to yeah, kind of, of pick, pick out the the bits and pieces first of all. Now I, I don't know about anyone else. I know when I first read it, as soon as it because I know you tweeted it out and you you tagged me in it. And when I first read the letter, I mean, I mean, I, I instantly posted it into. There's a few of us from the lower in a, in a Twitter group. Um, like a little committee in there. And I posted in there with literally just the words, wow, in, in, in capital letters, you know, because it's, having read it, I read it again before we started and then hearing hearing you say it, it's, as a Palace fan, first and foremost, it's incredibly hard, even, you know, on the third time going through it, to listen to. Um, you know, in the sense of, and I imagine yourself, you know, having worked with the club, and of, to, for those scenarios to even exist, you know, because you, 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 I thought, you know, you, you really nailed it in the sense of the whole point. We pride ourselves in a community at Palace. It's, it's, it's always been the way, you know, it's, it's a family club, a community club. We're, we're proud of who we are and it, that's what it's based on. And yet we're treating a whole section of our club in such a, a poor way, you know, and, and it is, it, it's so it's been frustrating, but it's hard to because you always like to. And this is why I normally waffle on now, but you always like to, yeah. you know, football's tribalistic, isn't it? And you know, in a game, in a game, you know, you, you it's all about wanting to be better than your opposition. You want to in the crowd, you want to be singing better than the opposition fans. You know, on the pitch, you want to be better than them. You you, you want to be able to keep your head held high and go, well, this is our football club and this is what we do, and we may not get have ever won a major trophy but this is what we stand for and this is yeah. who we are and then when you hear the things of read the things that you've put in that letter bits and pieces that I know Phil and I have heard over time as well through the season um, it kind of crumbles all of that you feel even though it's not us doing it you kind of feel ashamed to be associated yeah. with it you know, Do you know what I, yeah. I mean, I mean, what I would tell I say to you is, I think, I think, um, and I, I want to say it's from the offshoot because I think sometimes when we look at things, when we when we view things, or when we're going through challenges in life, we always we always we always look for blame, and we we don't. Sometimes the narrative is lost, and I want to really say that, like that. Obviously, Steve Parrish has done a lot for the club in general. For the last 10 years, he's made it a sustainable club. He's he's done wonders with the youth division, etc. Like that. So I can't turn around and say that it's all doom and gloom but the problem with the world is and in general is that everybody wants everybody wants to do something to help but nobody wants to be the first to do it and 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 for me like i there's a saying that you know, i once heard from denzel washington he said like ease is a greater threat to progress than hardship 
and it just seems as if for me is that like um you've got you've got this entity that's doing all of these great things and let's be clear okay yeah the youth system at, pa- at crystal palace fc women is nothing without the first team so i want to make that abundantly clear they both go hand in hand um because the women's team is has always been has always been the focal point and it will always be the pinnacle of every single every single club in this country but that is underpinned by what we do in our youth section and i feel that like um I i think i got to a point where i couldn't allow it to continue i couldn't look at the faces of the young women i've coached over the lot and i'm not this is not just six generations of girls that i've coached i've you know there are girls that are that are now under 12s that i'm coaching now also as well so i'm we're looking at almost like a 10 years 10 years worth of, of of players that we've got and i can't look them in the faces and say to them as a coach as a man you can be whatever you want to be, yeah? And you can fight forever what you want. If you try hard and work hard, you'll get there. And then I don't do the same when it's my opportunity to do it. I then shy away from the, from the, from the conversation because I'm worried about what other people think. And that's not to, and that's not to turn around and say that there, there are people that are coward, cowardice in, 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 my, in my club at all. Um, Obviously, there are people that have to think about their livelihoods. There are, there are all these other things that, you, that people need to think about. For me, I had the option, I had the flexibility, and I thought that I had the words to really voice this. And I, you know, and for me, it's personal because it's about my niece, it's about me, but actually, it's about the girls. All of them, those hundreds of girls, are like my all my little sisters. They could have all been my daughters, you know. And and it's about how do we how do we get true equality uh, at a club when you look at the boys academy is the is the uh, is the example to the rest of the premier league of what equality looks like yeah 100 yeah. percent. you know and it's it's difficult i know what you're saying it is hard because as you said a lot a lot of people have a lot at stake and and it all walks of life isn't it there's things that we know that we, we see and identify that we know something needs to be said about and it's Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing to, to do it, um, you know, and you, you should be proud of yourself for the fact that you've taken that stand and we've, and it, it's, it's written in such a good way as well. You know, it, it's hard. I know, but it's hard to, to, to control the emotion of it. Yeah. You know, and uh, we've Trust all me, done it. It wasn't my first draft. Well, I think we've all done it. We've all done that kind of that email at work where you write, you, you know, you write yeah. it out and you think, well, oh, I better pull it. But let me just come back to this in 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it, isn't, it isn't easy. I know with Phil and I, so we've been doing these pods for a year. I've been doing the articles for five years and there's bits and pieces we've known over time but that we want to be able to say to try and help and support the team, you know, and everybody. But at the same time, you we're, we're, we're so blessed with how the the connection that we've got with, with players and staff and stuff that you don't want to cost yourself it at the same time, you know, of it's that course, balance. And, yeah. Um, and, and, but, and that's how I've, uh, that's, and that's how I've tried to approach it. So whilst there have been some difficult things, I think the, the personal journey, you know, and, and all of us have learned that like, not even a sob story, but like actually just telling the truth and actually giving a bare bones. People want, people are interested in that. And what people, you know, and, and I will turn around and say to you, and this is just, and you can even ask some of the girls that are in this group chat now, there are parents 
there are parents and players across the country, not across London, not across Croydon, but across the country that have approached me, approached them and said like, wow, that letter, thank you for doing that. Because they're going through some of those things in their own clubs as well. So if we want to enact real change and progress, we've got to have the conversation and have those difficult, you know, have these difficult moments in order to see that progress. You're exactly right. And, and the thing is, up until now, up until recently, it's been a lot of these issues have been easily buried because it's women's football yeah. and women's football isn't given the respect that it deserves. Yeah. You know, and it's still, it's always an uphill battle, unfortunately, against mindsets uh, of various degrees. Um, but it's been easy to brush things under the carpet. And I know the more I've, I've followed the game and, and, and got involved in that. You, you can see, even within the women's game itself, it doesn't help itself, I think, in t- at times. No, um, no. You know, there, there is a lot of work that needs to be done, but it's never going to happen, as you say, unless people are, talk about it and are honest, honest about it and say, you know what, but it's not just having a moan, it's how can we help? What can we do to make it better? That's, what? That's how it. can that's we a... work together to, to, to improve the scenario? And I think the thing is, you, obviously, you mentioned about with, the work done with the youth system and the men's side and and the thing is going to go back to that that identity with Palace and obviously for a lot of clubs but one of the things that's always rung home with us at Palace is we you pride yourself on the youth system you know and over the years we've seen not not loads because it's 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 hard at any club but you know over the years we've seen players come through our youth system into the first team, especially during our administration around eras and stuff where half of the Steve Couple was had a, half the, the youth team playing for us and you know, and we, we love it. That's that's what we love to see. You know, as much as it's great bringing in new players and, you know, that kind of thing. But we love seeing Academy players in our first team because they're part of the club. They're one of you only is that that's that's what we're all about is seeing people come through the system. Yeah. And for a club that's built on that, we seem to be doing the complete opposite with the women's side. And at a time where, like, you know, we, we've struggled this, at this season, we, we're getting hit for injuries again. Um, we, we've had issues, injury issues most seasons, apart from the majority of last season, we, we, were, we weren't too bad. But, and you see with other clubs in the Championship, they're able to fill those gaps with, getting, you know, a couple of, it's got some younger players debuting from their, from their youth systems. Yeah. And we aren't able to do it. I mean, I mean, what I would tell them, I touched on that, and, and I think, like, because obviously a lot of my letter was focused on the youth, and you know, and I want to touch on the women's team because you know they're vitally important to this. And I, I go back just looking at them at the start of the season and how well we were doing, and it was such an optimism and hope because the, the results that were coming through, they were just really, really good. And obviously, I wasn't, a, I wasn't acutely aware of the, I wasn't aware of the changes that had been made to the training facilities, etc., like that. So. The struggles that we're seeing on the pitch, yeah, um, you know, people might be like, oh, it, you know, it could. I don't think it is to do with the coaching staff. You know, I, you know, I, I, I know, I know Dean and James, you know, relatively well, and I know exactly the type of effort and passion that they put into, put into um, delivering uh, the results, and they've done it year on year on year. So that formula can't have just gone bad over a season, but like. There are there are clearly things that hadn't gone right and decisions taken that have that have affected our performances and affected our ability to have players fit and ready and raring to go. And then when you're looking at it from the the um, the youth angle, um, you know, for me, I just I, you know, 
I know loads of young boys and a lot of these girls play with young boys who, who are at the academy and you know to represent this club is massive you know people look at us even at youth division I've had message I had a message from someone who said to me like uh, turn around said to me something on the lines of I looked at your results I've been watching what your girls have been doing and it's something crazy and I was going to bring my daughter to you had I not heard about the issues that you that were happening, when those things are sorted out, let me know and I'll bring her back. Because people see what we're doing and they know that what we're doing. And what and and, and what I'll turn around and say is is that like and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to someone here. I'm, I'm um Kirk Stoneham who is part of the first team setup. But his 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 introduction into the youth development phase of of Crystal Palace and getting all coaches to think and uh, think uh, um think methodically, apply certain principles and rules and looking at how the development process got, uh, uh, moves has led to us having a cohort of under-16s that are probably the best in their generation, the best under-16s we've probably ever had at this club ever. Um, the under-14s, again, we've got so much talent. Under-12s, under-13s, they're just all coming through. Every single age group has got talent. And that's because of the work that he brought in, his identity. And then, obviously, he allowed us to then take that on as well. And finally, before I, before I forget, I, I want to mention, obviously, because I have not, I've not spoken or seen her since she left, but Paula is a massive loss to both the women's and the girls' side because obviously she used to do the juniors before she went on to the main women's side. And, you know, she was a fantastic advocate and I know she had great links to the club. So losing people like that has not helped in, in our progress. But this is why we're here to talk. We're here to try and make progress. And hopefully this letter and the conversations that will be had subsequently will help that happen. Yeah, you're definitely right. There's been... It's funny, it's from, from a fan perspective for a moment, like, yeah. obviously we, we were saying going into the summer that the, we needed to go full-time. The, the main club needed to back support the women's team and mm. we needed to go full-time because you could see, I mean, what we did last year, what Dean and Marzian achieved in the players last year was phenomenal. To finish fourth, um, we, you know, as a, part, a, a part-time team still, when most of the teams around us in the top half were all full-time, um, we we it was incredible what we did, you know. But we needed to to change it in the summer because more and more teams were going full time. More and more it, this season is the most competitive this league has ever been. Yeah. Um. So we needed that, and then we were hearing that it was going to happen, and you know, you know, a lot was going to change and improve, and and everyone was excited. There was a lot of frustration amongst fans because there was silence for for a long, long time. And we've yeah. done that over the pods. We've done. We've discussed about how the announcement of players was was they didn't wasn't capitalised on how it should have been. We wasn't the fanfare should have got. It was a, a a text with fifteen replies in it, just showing the pictures. You know, there was so much so much could have been done to really big it up and grab an interest. And we, we so we, we kind of covered stuff like that. But you know, we were told there's going to be a big announcement about the full time. That announcement's still never come. I think Parrish yeah. did a, did an article about um, he did the disparity about the women's game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he briefly yeah. mentioned in one line, kind of that we'd gone forward time, but there's no other than that. There's not actually been anything said, but we knew. Obviously, we knew last year that the the, the senior the, the the first team were had started training at the academy four nights a week, and that was a massive improvement on our fitness levels. You could see that on the on the pitch and yeah. our injuries last season. Yeah. And then in the summer, I so said we knew that it was at the academy, and then we'd heard 
that all of a sudden it couldn't be at the academy and they've been moved down to the cricket ground down the road. Yeah. And we've seen the state of it. And I mean, I, I feel, I mean, I, obviously I don't know, but I would imagine for the, all the players who've come in, um, would have been sold the dream of you come in, this is the academy, this is where we train. And then, oh, you know, a couple of weeks after joining, oh, by the way, you actually know you're down at this unfit for purpose cricket pitch now. Yeah. That I can imagine when you've just gone full time and moved to the club, and you, you you've got in the, you know this idea in your head that this is wow, this is where we're going now, and you know really step up our careers. That must have been an, a horrendous blow for the players, yeah. and you know it, it, mindset yeah. wise. No, it, it, and it must have been, and um, and you know, like I've not spoken to any of the players directly about it because obviously this is really relatively new stuff to me, um. You, 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 you know, I'm, I'm quite pragmatic in these sorts of things also as well, because I think that, like, I think um, the club, oh, this is new for them. Um, and they lost a lot of experience and knowledge when when there were when the changes occurred. Um, and that hasn't helped the situation at all. Um, so for me to for me to be realistic it does take time for these things to 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 settle down to to normalize um and for the dust to settle and, and i'm hoping that that you know and, I, and i'm confident yeah that with the people that i know who are having conversations that that will happen you know but they we've got to learn from our mistakes we can't just continue to repeat 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 because at the end of the day it all it does is harm our reputation as a club and that's what we don't want and that's and that's clearly what I'm trying to establish is that you know whilst it might have been harsh and it might have had some small um, it might have brought the attention to people actually oh wow what's going on there um, actually it brought the attention of the issue and I'm going to tell you, say something we when we went to this uh, tournament um, and we were playing Real Madrid it was just myself and this coach that was just there and and then our three subs that we had. Real Madrid had close to 14 members of staff for this under-16 team. I'm I'm turning around saying to you that they had probably had more staff than our first team did. That's the level of investment for a small... It was a relatively miniature tournament, but it was massive to them. Barcelona, exactly the same. So, you know, if you're going to go big, if you're going to do it properly, go big. Because because we competed with them, and don't get me wrong, I mean they 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 were levels to them. But we trained twice a week; they trained four to five times a week. You know, they were coming with tracksuits, bags, jackets. They were handing out kits to people. It was crazy. Um, you know, so so if we if we do what we're doing at this level with the little and remember the first team probably got one of the smallest budgets in the whole of the um, women's championship. I would I think. You know, if we're doing what we're doing now with the smallest budgets, just imagine with just a little bit, little bit more investment. And when we talk about investment, it's not just about throwing money at the problem. You know, it's a, the investment comes in through um, investment in nutrition, technology, facilities, access to education programs. That's the investment that's needed. It's not necessarily just throwing money at the problem. We're not trying to be like, you know, like other clubs who throw money at the problem. You know, we, we, we understand the model that works for us at Palace. So it's all about the infrastructure. We create that infrastructure and then, you know, and then we, we, will, we will push on further than we realise. I think, I, I really do believe that we, we are the best, one of the best teams in South London and we could, we could be one of the best teams in the country if we just took a risk, took a, took a leap of faith. And the crazy thing as well is that where where the women's game's at at the moment in this country, 
mm. is by putting that, that bit of time, that bit of investment in and building something, we can actually be quite successful, far more successful than for years we've tried to be on the men's side. Because we've been so far behind in the men's game, it's so hard to catch up because there's so many teams. Yes, so in course. the women's game, once you, outside of four, it's been generally three or four of the WSL, you're going to start looking at Villa in there now as well, but outside of that, the gaps are start to be a lot closer. So you Indeed. start putting that, that bit of investment in, you know, if, the, if they if the backing goes in, as you said, the structure gets put in place now, because I, I, I do believe over the next few years with the sponsorship of Barclays being involved now and there's going to come a point where the league's going to increase in size, the WSL and the championship. They're going to, yeah. steps are going to be made. We've got an opportunity to be a part of that. Yeah. And our concern last is, what well, we kept saying we need to go full-time, because our concern was we were going to end up missing out because we were sitting part-time mm-hmm. and these moves would happen and we'd be left behind. Yeah, And we're still kind of in that position, but yet it wouldn't take much to... Mm-hmm to actually put ourselves in a great position to really set up a superb future. And, and then that's when you start to see, because the, the money isn't there, unfortunately, in the women's game at the moment. There isn't, no, it isn't. Oh, yeah, we're on you know, we, we all know that. And I know, so I do understand that, like, when you look at the academy system in the men's game, even though not many make it through, when they do, you sell over one Bissaka, you get 50, you know, we've got 50 million for him. So you... It, you get that, whereas at the moment there's hardly even transfer fees in the in the, in the women's game, you know. Yeah. So it, I know that at the moment with the, with the sponsorship and stuff that those financial levels aren't there, but yeah. it is going to come. There is going to come a time where that is going to kick in, and yeah, yeah. We can, I mean, so we, we could so be in a part in a position to to really make the most of that. Indeed, I, I mean, what I would turn around and say is that, and and you know what, yeah, there are small things, and I'm sure that these these big business people have already thought about this, but there are little things that the FA and, and so it's not just Crystal Palace's issue. Right? This is stuff that we can mandate from FA. So for example, like as soon as there's a new kit deal or sponsorship deal, we turn around and say to, you know, just as we have the foundation and they have to pledge some money to that, we're trying to grow women's football over the next five years. We're expecting all, you know, you know, all sponsors and all kit makers to provide a certain amount of a percentage of the proceeds, whatever it is, towards a women's game. It will be it will be minutia in, in, in a context of from boys to girls because um, because obviously it's not as big at this moment in time. But once we get to a position where we're where we're safe, self-sustainable then there won't be need for those deals. And, and actually, these clubs will be able to run by themselves and, and be viable, vi- not just viable football clubs, but viable businesses as well. Exactly. And that's, I mean, Phil and I are a part of the uh, Women's Football Collective. And we were part of the campaign that um, the No If, No Buts, where we won an equal FA Cup last year, that mm. pushed for the raising the uh, the fund, the uh, prize funds. Because we that was one of the points there, was if the prize fund is higher, that alone, at this moment in time, helps would make, help make the clubs more self-sustainable. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just there's there's the little bits and pieces there. And it was we thought it was a great step in the summer that that, that Cinch obviously came in as the club sponsor, but they, they sponsored both teams. Yeah, because I mean, last year we started the season without a sponsor. Um, yeah, don't get me wrong, the kit looked great. Um, yeah. You know, for that for the first game, the kit the kit looks superb because we're out of sponsor on it. But you know, financially stuff, it's not an ideal scenario. Um, But you know, there is so much that can be done. Um, And the thing is, 
doing like what yeah. you've done with this letter, it steps like that are the steps that need to be taken to to get us on those paths. Yeah, and and, and the thing, yeah, and the thing is, you know, what is you know, in five, ten years' time when when Palace win the the WSL championship and what and whatnot, people, you know, people might not remember these, these this moment as it being pivotal, um, and that's fine by me because this is not about me. And I've always said this, I've said this to people who have added me and had the conversation. It's not about me. This is about making sure that the conversation is had. And if I, as a man, I've always said, you know, if I can't say it, we can't talk about it. Who's going to do it for, who's going to do it for women in the game? Because obviously their voices are not being heard, even though they're shouting loud and loud and proud. So we've got, we've got to come in and, and, and support and help them for sure. Absolutely. And as I say, we, we, we know that we we see that on the terraces, and you mentioned about like the business models. I think what's frustrated us on the Palace side of things is the concern this season, where the the the, the common sense hasn't been used from a business perspective. Because if you've invested in a team in the summer, as we've done, yeah. and then you don't bother advertising any of the home games because they're not at the Sellers Park, you're shooting yourself in the foot on your own investment. You know, and yeah. it's so we have got those concerns, but obviously, it's the year of learning also on. as well. So it's the first year they've taken over. So, like I turned around and said, I, I'm hoping that the engagement that they have now really does make them think about actually lets them know that actually we do care about it as supporters, and we want we want there to be parity. So we want there to be clear, uh, you know, you know, the same level of adv- advertisement of games. Um, because you know, as we, you know, I, I sometimes go to Bromley and watch, and and the crowd should be bigger than what they are, with the following that we have. I, I don't know how, how do you feel about that. Our 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 crowd has gone backwards this oh, season. Okay, honestly, but in the sense of it's with uh, the two Sellers games set new record attendance record attendances each time. Oh, okay, yeah, but but because they have not advertised a single game at Hayes Lane this year. Okay. There's been no follow-up to it. So you go and pull in 1,900 for the Charlton game at Sellhurst, and then a week later, if there was 200 of us, I'd be amazed um, at, the, at the Cup game because there's, there's, there's no advertisement for it. And there does, unfortunately, seem to be a lack of appetite amongst the Palace fan base for for backing the women's game. I hate okay. to say it, but that is how it comes across at the moment because when you're getting... 25,000 at Sellhurst, you know, and then you're looking at our attendances week in, week out uh, down at Hayes. Um, it, it's just not there. And when you consider, when you look at, you know, Southampton, Paul got, well, we paid Southampton the other week. They had 2,500. Sheffield United had 11,000 this season when they played at Breville Lane. Oh, wow. You know, do you know okay. what I mean? And they're still a part time team having a poor season this year. Yeah, and they pulled in that, you know, and you're looking at some of the other teams, and we shouldn't be behind them, but we are. Yeah, there is a disconnect there. No, no, but I know, I know. Obviously, there's a new general manager that's going to be coming in, and I think that, and and from what I've heard and the murmurs I've heard is that the club are really, really sort of like looking for someone who understands the women's game, but also takes all of that on board. I've seen the ad, so I, 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 I know what they're looking for. So you know. Um, let's let's wait and see what how that looks in the future. But what you're saying is absolutely right. Better engagement with fans, and also making sure that we're not just promoting games at Sellers Park. And we let's be honest, we do need to win a game there as well. 
that that would help. Us. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that yet to happen yet. But uh, but I mean, the thing is, I mean, hopefully with the the recruitment process of the new GM, it, it is key. You need, as you said, you let you. We need someone strong in that position because um, God knows we'll. <laughs> it's hard enough getting anything from our board, even on the men's side of it. So you, you need someone strong in it, but someone knowledgeable about the women's game. And because unfortunately, obviously, as you say, Paula left. Her replacement has not done anything. Um, so I can't. Really, I, I don't know her too well, so I can't speak. But yeah, I, you know, from, from what I gather, like there was obviously there was a difference in the approach. So yeah, yeah. So it, we, we've kind of, in that sense, there's, there's been a lot of bits where in a season where we fought in the summer, we were taking a load of strides forward. We've ended up, unfortunately, in different areas, taking strides steps backwards. Yeah, um, but it's one of those where hopefully, as you say, in the summer, um, there's a reset of mindset and approach to it, and a oh, year yeah. of, as you say, where hopefully they learn from how it's not been done so well this season. Yeah. Because um, there's been a whole string of stuff in terms of even down to how season ticket holders have been treated for the sellers games and also it's been a lot of bits and pieces this season where it's just it's been difficult. And I know I was on. Um, Rich's podcast Free Guy View on Saturday talking about the men's game yeah. and we're saying there about how like there's there's a real disconnect at the moment with the fans and the men's side of things and mm. um, and I kept mentioning the women's team as well because it's hard because it's, it's, I think it's this season it's been feeling it twofold from, t- from two di- from two teams for for different reasons um, yeah. so we need to try and recapture that no, now, yeah, and and you know, just on just on that final point, what I'll turn and say to you is like, you, you know, you look at like we, you know, we have a really good relationship with some clubs in the JPL, so clubs such as um, 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 Tottenham, F- Tottenham, yeah, women, who who have, who 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 really invested in their infrastructure in order to create a pathway. Now, when we have games with them we compete really, really well in terms of, you know, it's always a really tight game. You know, sometimes it goes to them, sometimes it goes to us. But, you know, they are always going to progress further because they have that backing. And also, just to add to this, um, you know, this year the club, you know, from what I understand, the clubs have said no to the under-21s. And there's still, like... Um, there's still a lot of unsuredness uh, or uncertainty about what's happening with the youth division. And that for me is a worry because all of these girls are being monitored and being watched by Charlton, Brighton, Arsenal, Chelsea. So, you know, they, the club can take on something that is already, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like going, it's like someone saying to you, here's a free BMW, no miles on it just here's the keys take it and go and they're saying no we don't want it we'd rather wait for you know uh, you, you know um, a mercedes benz like it's there just go out and take it and, and and grab it and then you know take advantage of the situation and that's what they really need to do with this and also the women's team for sure yeah yes. I, I wanted I, want, I wanted to ask you of course and because as you mentioned what you just said then about there's no under 21s i believe no under 18s either um going yeah. from, from your letter so mm-hmm. You said we've got these, we've got to under 16 level, and you, you mm-hmm. said yourself that there's some really talented players in that yeah. team at the moment. Yeah, I'm guessing that means we're going to lose them in the summer. Um, I mean, if nothing happens, then there's that's just unfortunate, that's just that's just the circumstance of what's going to happen. I think, um, 
you know, I've always said and I said to parents, you know, the club will always look after itself. You must look after your daughter's best interest also as well. So that's that is very much a reality. And we've and 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 out of respect for those parents who are dedicated to us, we have said that we have told them quite early. But on the flip side of this, there are parents at this club, their daughters want to stay. There are parents that have left us and have gone to different clubs that want to come back. That want to come back. I, I know for a fact we've had emails and messages back from players that are really good RTCs that want to come back to us because they know they know that we've got an infrastructure and they know that actually there's a pathway to the first team. You know, I ask you the question: How many first team mem- first team players do you see, see getting into Chelsea and Arsenal's team? Yeah, or Manchester United. The only clubs that I see you're seeing that happening are Brighton, Tottenham. And Leicester City, and all the all the smaller clubs. So you know, when if girls can see a pathway and they can see actually that is a realistic step forward. My question is: is why is Palace not taking advantage of it? Is it to do with money? Is it to do with infrastructure? Is it to do to do that they don't believe in it? Who knows? I can't answer that question. But we have got talent that want to play for this club, and they just need they need to make a decision. You know, just to put up and and go forward and push on. Yeah, I mean, I think. We all have our, our, our opinions, and I think, yeah. unfortunately, I'm going to say because I can. Um, yeah. But it, it I'm always going to be diplomatic. Well, yeah, no, understandable. Yeah. Um, but it, it almost feels like, unfortunately, I think money's always a thing because, as I say, at the moment, it, you don't get the inst- uh, you know a return on your in- your your input, financial input. So I get that element, but unfortunately, yeah. for certain for certain people in the hierarchy, it just isn't the interest at the moment, the botheredness at the moment, which doesn't make any sense with your own business model, but that's yeah. how it comes That's how it comes across. And that's what, it, if that mindset changed so quickly, as I say, we could really be on the front of it all, you know, um, hindsight's and, a wonderful and, thing, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like, it's almost like we're, you know, we're like Bitcoin when it first came out and it was only like, 1p 1p for 100 bitcoins no one really cared about it then but as soon as as soon as the game becomes big enough and i keep turning around saying to people the women's game is going to be lucrative so and all the girls who are now joining in it now they're the ones who are going to benefit from it because once it starts to become lucrative and you can see it's happening because people are coming from europe they're coming from the united states they want to come and play here the the, the lioness is success once it's, then it's going to start turning out like the boys' game, and then you'll start. You're going to then start to see the statistics of. I think. I think the statistic is out of um. What I think it was. I think the FA did a report of something like one out of one point eight million boys, only zero point zero zero eight one of them got th- gets through to professional football. So the women's game that that ratio was a lot. That's a you know that that's not the ratio here. Like literally, you could be all right tomorrow. Or you know, all right today, then great tomorrow, and still, and still progress. So there's real opportunity and real margins for growth. They just need to they, they just need to see that they need to think about the long term investment and what that looks like, and 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 how and how that will help the identity of the club going forward. So yeah, absolutely. And and the frustrating thing, as you say, about you know the, the few teams that are are bringing the younger players through. Yeah, but it's kind of about like highlighting the the where we, we kind of let ourselves down a bit this season, you've got Brighton, who at, at, the, early, at the start of the season announced, you know, unveiled their training ground built for their women's team. Yeah. While Alf was getting shoved down to a cricket ground down the road. You know what I mean? We're, we're, 
the first, that's where these these frustrations lie, and, and the little things can change. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask, and yes, feel free to tell me to, to bugger off. <laughs> I've asked you a question, but yeah, when you've spent six years of your life working, not yourself and your colleagues working with all these young girls, mm-hmm. training and seeing them progress, seeing the potential there, putting all that time in, all that personal money in that you've put into it as well to to help them be who they can be to, to try and start, you know, live their dream, begin, begin possible careers. Yeah. When you put all that time in and I, and I know, um, Sol Grist, he, he commented recently as well on social media. So it's not just yourself who have reached that, yeah. that kind of point. Yeah. How does it make you feel putting all that into it to then know that there's the potential this summer, a whole load of that talent could just walk away because no one's turned around and gone with this, this, Let's actually make the most of this. Let's put in this the further tiers of the system. All right, it, it's 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 actually sort of like a double edged sword on this one. Okay, yeah, because um, I think that if you can, you do. And um, I've not trained or coached and or mentored um these young women um in order to um in order to gain anything from it, um, only for them to have a pathway into our first team. Um, you know, we changed the whole structure three years ago and this under-16s team is obviously the first proof of the teams, of our ability and what we can do. Um, so to go to, un- so, and to go to any other clubs, um, it would just feel like a little bit of a, you know, it, why? Is the question I would ask is why? Because if if I'm if if, if I'm producing if I'm producing if if Sword is producing if all the other coaches they're producing players of this uh, caliber and we're helping them develop and they're being picked by Brighton and Chelsea and all these other clubs, why are we not just working for them? What's the point in us doing what we're doing? Um, yeah. So I would I wouldn't turn around and say that I regret it. I definitely don't. You know, I've got relationships with these young women that you know that you know, that some people will never have in their lifetime, you know, and, and a real sense of like respect and, and yeah, yeah. Just a real sense of respect. Really all of the young women that that we've had over the years, no matter what's gone on in the background, they've always been really polite, really hardworking young women and they've earned everything that they've done in the pitch and they believed in themselves. So I don't want to take away from that at all. I just think that it's disappointing that the club don't see it like that. I've always turned around and said to players, I don't want a sh- I don't want money from you when you when you grow up or or boots. I just want to sign shirt. Or just when I see you in the street for you to say hello. That's enough. Yeah. Um, you know, we I give because I can and I'm, I've got the capacity to and I'll always be this way. And some people might think it's crazy. Some people might think it's foolhardy. But like for me, there's no better joy than seeing someone else progress. There's no better joy than seeing someone uh, uh, that you can look at and just say that I that little bit of coaching, that little bit of advice, a little bit of m- motivation, that arm around their shoulder and help them. But also they've helped me. I've learned more about women than probably any man has ever had to learn about. I've had to learn about the biology. I've had to learn about how to talk to women. I've had to learn what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And all of that has, has meant that I've grown as a person and all the coaches have as well. So there have been loads of wins, more wins than losses. I think the frustration comes that actually after all of what we've done, there's nothing to show for it currently at this moment in time. And I'm hoping that the club see that, um, that, that, 
that it's not just about my commitment, it's about those girls' commitment to this club and also to football and and, and that they should take that forward for sure. So you say about you know how people might see it as foolhardy, whatever. Personally, I, I see it as incredibly admirable um, that you have that approach to it. Um, and I must say, I'm... I'm I'm a I'm a very emotional person. I'm all, I'm, all, I'm an all in emotion kind of guy. So I'm, okay. I'm I'm sitting here feeling angry and frustrated and upset on your behalf. There's a little bit like we. I don't know if you caught any any early in the season. Um, Phil and I did uh, ran a raffle for. Um, we had a ball signed by all the team, uh, all the women's team, um, and we raffled it off. Uh, the idea of support of sponsoring as Eagle Eye View sponsoring Shauna Gaia because we, we sponsored uh, Annabelle Blanchard this season as our regular sponsors. Okay, and then but we did this because Shauna's come in. She's a Palace fan through and through. Grew up, you know, grew up on the terraces as it were, watching the watching the, the, the men's team play, and now she was actually living the dream of playing for the team that she supported. And for me, I mean, what we ended up achieving with the support we got with that was phenomenal and. You know, we know we have to do, we've got a legacy now. We've not only sponsorship for this year and next year, but the flag that we've made. We had to give her some money this for this for this year because she's not on a full time contract yet, etc. So we've been able to do a lot with it. But for me, one of the key things mm. was that Shauna, at least Palace wise, was a shining example. And for young girls to come down to the games to see that they too could live the dream of playing for the team that they supported. Something which I feel for a long time in the women's game, where it's had to spend so many years being banned and trying to play catch-up with no support and resources to do it. And the way that over a time that that hasn't really existed as much. It's it's been there for years in the men's game. You know, our academy is full of players who are Palace fans and other players and other academies are, you know, that's always existed. That that opportunity... you know, obviously, as you say, is the rare percentage that make it, but that opportunity has always been there. As a young boy, you know, you knew that if I could be good at it, I could play for my. You know, there's that chance there, and I feel like for a long time that hadn't existed for 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 young girls when it should yeah. have done. And and Shauna yeah. was a kind of the shining example of that for, as I say, for young fans that come to the game. And then it was kind of gutting to then think, well, actually, it wasn't quite the case because they can get the sixteen and then kind of be lost and then and still the, not you know and it, it so it was yeah as i say emotional yeah and and, and and that's the thing obviously it's a club's money and it's their choice um and and they know you know they could let this all go but but then what's the point because they're going to start again in two two three years time and and players will come but my question is how long would it take for them to get the quality how long would it take for them to rebuild their reputation? And you know what a huge waste of talent. Because I'm telling, like I've, I'm, I'm turning around and saying to you, in under 16s that squad, and I've, I've known a lot of those girls since they were ten, you know, and it's, and it, you know, obviously girls have come and gone and whatnot and what for, but um, that, that, that group there is a talent. That group has got real talent in there, you know, girls who are, you know, who, who are, who, you know, we lost three of three, we lost three girls. To Br- two girls to Brighton last year from this from the squad last uh, from the from the squad that would have been under 16s this year, and though two of those girls are now playing at under 21s level for Brighton, we've got a couple of girls out 
on loan or secondment to Whiteleaf and to um, uh, what are they called Crawley Wasps as well. Talented, talented players. But my question is, is you know, if the club was serious about it, then they they need to really look at what we've got here because actually we're actually really well organized we're really well organized all we need is that additional support that additional support helps us help them progress and that's all it is right yeah. obviously i know you've got um the updates but first of all i just want to bring phil in okay he's, yes he's sat there for an hour i know he's gonna have questions um <laughs> so i want to get bring phil in um so he, i'm sure he's got a few bits he wants to ask you and then we'll We'll ask you to, to kind of go over the updates you've okay, had no since, since the letter going out. So, Phil, I'll hand over to you for a minute, mate. Oh, thanks, Mike. Um, Nathaniel, first of all, wow, thank you so much. I mean, it's just been a real pleasure listening to you speak with the passion and the knowledge that you do. I mean, it's just, it's really inspiring for me. Um, and thank you so much. Um, I, I know your niece quite well because she's, she's best, well, best friends from the old Palace um, lineups from last oh, year yes. um, with, the, with the goalkeeper who's now playing at West Ham, oh, as you okay, know. Yes. And I think I, I think she's going to be sitting next to me actually um, with um, that goal that, that um, goal. with Alexa yeah. against against Liverpool on Saturday. I think she's coming to that you game. So I'll be, I'll be... There's some conflict there because I'm actually like obviously Palace is my local team, but I'm a Liverpool supporter. But we're not doing so well. So we're not going oh. to talk about that. Phil. <laughs> right, get off the pod. Get off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Take it all back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get out, get out of it. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm an eagle. So I'm think, an eagle. Don't worry. Tonight, I'm definitely an eagle. Oh, uh, good. Uh, yeah, I'll. Um, I think I'll be sitting next to your niece oh, anyway okay. with Alexa. Um, so, um, and I've and I've met her a few times. She's lovely. I mean, they're really good. And actually, West Ham played Palace last weekend, didn't they? And uh, Palace won four one at under sixteens. Ah. And, uh, and and after the game, they just gave gave himself each other a great big hug because they're they're, they're still really close. And um, uh, so you know, but. So, yeah, but I just wanted to say, and I've spoken to you a couple of times at the women's games, and I've really enjoyed that, our chats as well. I just wanted to say there's a couple of things really that really, I mean, everything you've said is absolutely spot on, and I agree with everything. It's it's just, you know, you've you summarised the situation absolutely perfectly, I think. There's a couple of other things that I just wanted to say, that, and, and I know this happens across women's football um, at a junior level, um, which I think is a problem, not just for Palace, I think it's wider than that. But my understanding is that even to play for the Palace junior teams, the um, girls have to pay £450 a year to do that. Um, now, if that is the case, and I believe it is, and you'll know, but I just think that, first of all, that's a, that's something that the boys don't do. So that's, you know, that, that in itself causes me a bit of a problem. Um, because why would you charge girls to play? But also, what it does, it really restricts your pool of people because a lot of people can't afford 450 pounds a, a year to play football for a, a, or to train for a club um and so um i just wondered what your thoughts are on that because i think it disadvantages a group of people that maybe not have the money to do that um and it shouldn't be about who can afford you know it should be about the talent and we should have a greater pool of players that and we should be picking the players that actually have the most talent not who have got 450 pounds right. to actually train so i mean is, is it right I, I understand that it is right that they have to pay um an annual fee is that is that right is that yeah right? um so so like you have to obviously look at it from from you know you have to go back before you go forward so 
historically, women's football is actually quite an elitist sort of sport. So it's only really been accessed by um, people who have the money. And when I say have the money, like buying shin pads and football boots as an initial outlay is not too much. But when you think of fees and then travelling and then the time that parents spend away from, from their other children, you, you know, even now we, you know, we hear about parents i've got i've got i've got um, i've got a parent who's got three children one boy two girls two of the girls play for us one of them's under 12 one's under 14 and the boy plays for another club and they're having to logistically work out how they're going to get around cost of living cost of living has really impacted that covid has impacted that um and so historically it's always been an elitist sport we have um we've tried to make sure that whilst um um, because um, we have to see everybody for who they are. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you're, you're native to the British Isles, your, your, your heritage derives from um, um, an Asian or an African um, um, background. And we want it to be representative and inclusive of our community. And I feel that we've done a lot of work regarding that. But the challenges we face with fees is massive. Um, currently, the feed you've given is actually what was last year. This year's fee is actually £550, okay? Um, that is predominantly down to the rise in cost of pitches, which went up by an unprecedented amount. Um, in comparison, RTCs are allowed to charge a maximum of £250 um, for, the, for the whole year. And, um, and I know that some RTCs don't even charge that. But those girls get meals, they get full kit, they get that's home and away kit, that's tracksuit bottom trainers, bags, jackets, the lot. So there is disparity, uh, disp- there, there, there is disparity between, between, you know, higher up as well as locally. You know, like we're operating based on this, based on the setup that we have now. But like the FA have noticed, there is work for them to do because they can't be just this funding for a small group of clubs, but yet they have the ability and right to pick players that we spend years developing at huge sums, at huge costs um, to those parents. And then, obviously, as a parent, it's attractive for you to take your daughter to to one of these RTCs because you know that they're going to get every single thing that they need, plus... plus um, a reduced or no fee whereas at palace you may have got the local connection you may have got great coaching but at 550 pounds plus travel costs plus training kit plus traveling here plus eating there plus a hotel here and hotel there that all really adds up um so you know a lot of what we've what we're trying to do in the background in terms of the work is you know and and you know and to be honest with you i i'll be honest i'm ray i've raised close to almost seven seven to ten thousand pounds in sponsorship over the last couple of years and we really and we actually this year we would have been in a really good position to not to actually reduce some of the deficit and 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 the costs to parents but because of decisions made beyond our control we weren't allowed to explore those options you know and that's taken away from young women and you know like i say for me if i could pay it all i would do but I haven't won a lottery yet, so until that happens, it's just a, <laughs> you know, just hope and see. But I, what you're saying is absolutely right. It isn't right. Um, but also, I think what's also important is not to conflate it with the boy system. So whilst the boy system does get more, the, the boy system does get more funding. Um, that is true. Um, 
And I think that the women's game is, especially the girls' game, is still some years behind. So there's a lot of more reliability on what club infrastructures provide as opposed to the governing bodies. But, you know, we're hoping that these conversations, and I'll be honest with you, with England, there's been a lot of positive conversation about what we're trying to do. And they realise that there are gaps in what they're trying to do. They've improved, they're trying to improve, we're trying to improve. So hopefully we can see that reduced quite significantly. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I, I do understand that it's not just Palace. I think um, at other oh, clubs, there is a fee in most. Yeah, so um, it's not, I'm just not just picking that out on Palace because I think it's a wider issue. But it's a shame that's that, you know, and as you say, it's not just about the four, 550 this year, but it's about travel, you know, hotel. Because I mean, you know, if, 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 um, if, if the young girls have got to go and play, I don't know. Uh, you know, in Nottingham, they play Notts County, yep. for example, yep. in that league. Um, so you know, that's a, that's a pretty long way to go. And then you've got all the all the transport costs and and everything else. And the club, I'm assuming, don't provide a coach, so everyone has to make their own way. There is is that what happens? Yeah, um, yeah, that's currently the situation. That's currently the situation. Yeah. And I think, so, you know, and the thing is, you know, I think like progress is progress. Progress takes time. So, um. Could we have that infrastructure? And in, in, yes, we can. You know, I, I really do believe it. I, I really do believe so. We can, believe that we can do. We can have that infrastructure where we have, you know, a mini bus or two. I mean, we've tried to work really hard with the league also as well. Because if I'm being honest w- with you as well, we you know we've looked at some of the travel. We've looked at some of the teams that are closer to us as well. So there's little things that we can do to improve that. But ultimately, like the investment needs to be there. And if the investment is not there and that support is not there, then it really does make football really hard to access for, for parents. Because, you know, you know, trying to get, you know, you know, and you don't know what, 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 what people's situations are. You know, there could be, you know, single parent households. There could be both parents who are working weekends or some having to travel. Some of them have got, more, you know, you know, diff, you know different, different family sizes and dynamics, which means they've got commitments everywhere. So I think that, if we can help, then we should do. Because I know that this season, and forgive me if I'm wrong, I know that Brighton organise a coach to pick up players from Carl Sh- no, no, from Causden South Tra- train station so that girls who live in the southeast area get travel into, the, into there and then back out and then their parents pick them up and take them home. So, you know... There are, there are so many different ways that we can look at this and, and help. Um, mm. But we need that support from the main club and that real commitment from them. Yeah. And I think just on that point about the main club's commitment, yeah. uh, you know, if we, if we look, if we look at the, fir- the women's first team, for example, we, we've yeah. already, we've already um, talked about earlier, the fact that they have been at least change. I know they've been using the dome occasionally for training in the mm-hmm. academy, but they have to change and they use um, the Sydenham cricket ground. Um, apparently, the reason for that was because of um, the fact that they need a separate block for tra- for tra- for changing to the boys and men, yeah. um, which Palace have spent twenty million pounds on a training facility for the academy without the forethought or the foresight. Of, of actually having a separate block for females to change in. And that could be a female referee, for example, you know, because we, you know, the, uh, as things move on now, we are having uh, female officials. Yeah, so, officials. yeah, so to not actually have a separate block um, with, with adequate changing and showering facilities 
for females when you spent £20 million on a new academy makes me really question whether or not the club has got any desire to support the women because surely that should have been part of the thinking when you're spending that much money. You have to think outside. You have to think about all the everything that you're going to need. Yeah. And so you've got these you've got these 15 new players and the existing 10 from last season who have all signed contracts for this season at the start of the season on the basis that they believed that they would be using the academy all the time for changing facilities mm-hmm. and and for the dome and everything else. And then after a few weeks, they've been told, no, you've got to go and change in this school changing area in the in Sydenham Cricket Ground, which is owned by mm-hmm. a school. That, to me, is just appalling. And, 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 and actually, you know, the, to, to not actually consider the needs of the women's team. I know the main club hadn't taken over the women's team when the academy plans were set up a few years ago. Yeah. But you, you would think that that would be something that they would think about. But, there's um, an edu- but there's a, isn't there an education arm? Because when I read the plans, I'm sure there is some sort of college or some sort of education suite that's part of... That they're yes, building there is. For the boys. For the boys, there is, yeah. But, it, it, but, but I thought that it was supposed to be... I thought it was supposed to be mixed. Because I thought oh. that there were people that come in to do different types of education, like physiotherapy and stuff like that. Do you know what it is? I, I can't really speak to that because I don't know the plans. Um, but what I've noticed and what you see in women's football, apart from... Ch- I've been... Um, during the summer, I went to different football um, football club trials to help some of the players out. Um, so one Leicester's women's facility is probably one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, unbelievable unbelievable facility for women's football just like loads of pitches dome um um clubhouse like it was just amazing chelsea they train at the men's academy but that academy is absolutely massive it's you know it's like a mini country in itself (laughs) charlton have got their own standalone women's uh, division as well set up so for me the option would be to either expand the current setup or to create a facility for the women's division and there yes. are places that you can do that so for example like um when i was speaking to someone about about you know because i was just talking to someone and i was talking about some someone about like the women's game and i was thinking they were saying where would you have it like orchard have you ever heard of the orchard of sydenham hill or or Penge? um it's it's basically around the back it's where the railway line runs and it's like on the other side of south lord lakes massive field that used to be a football area and it used to have like buildings and stuff there's there are, there are all these opportunities to develop and really we should be looking at and i know it sounds crazy look all, look what bromley have done as a club that doesn't have the same not saying not saying they're not a great club but i think that what they're trying to do is fantastic down there but they're not crystal palace in terms of that badge that premier league status and what they've tried to create as an infrastructure for their men's and for their women's. And, you know, there might be disparity there as well. But that there in itself is evident of someone who wants to invest in their local community and also develop themselves. And I think that there are real opportunities, but someone's just going to have to take the leap of faith and, and do it. For them not to think about it at the, at the Boys Academy, I don't know. I, you know. I can't speak on it. My question is this. Are the boys there all the time, you know, the answer to that and then another question also as well which is very very poignant is what sort of due diligence was done when was when when, when they took over our um our women's our women's side like you know did were there conversations internally with um with uh dougie freeman and patrick vieira and all these other people who are really who are really key in the conversation of facilities because if there wasn't then there might be some issues there and 
obviously with the new legislation in the WSL and Championship, um, you need uh, um, scholarships and education for girls post-16. Um, and obviously has to expand to under-21s uh, for the Championship League. So of, uh, and has to ex- expand to the under-21s and the Championship League. I think they're called professional game academies. You need... They, 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 you know, I, I can't think of them not thinking about this. I can't think of them saying that they, they didn't consider this because they've always known about the women's team. They, they have always known about the youth division. Um, 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 so I, I don't know why that's happened. And I guess that's, that's one of the questions that we need to really put to the club, you know, as we start to make progress this season. Yeah, and I think, um, on, on you know, I think that's a really important point actually because um, I mean, I, I just think there's 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 been a budget, and I think it's been hit, and I think you know there's been some decisions made around that, um, about around that budget. For example, my understanding is that there was a fitness coach for the first women's first team at the beginning of the season, and then after a few weeks or months or whatever, that person was told that they couldn't afford them anymore. Um, and 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 that was the end of that. So I don't know if we went over budget with all the new players we brought in or what happened. But there's definitely something something's something's gone on behind the scenes where we don't know the facts. But my understanding is there was a fitness coach that that, this, that was sort of told that we couldn't afford him anymore. Um, and apparently he was really good and everyone was happy with him. So it wasn't anything to do with any of that. Um, so I just wonder whether or not there's a budget they're sticking to it and they're not there's no flexibility. Maybe, you know, we've maybe, let, yeah. Maybe or maybe not. I mean, what I'll tell you, I say to you is that, like, in before they even took over the club, I, I, I'm acutely aware that they have made, they have put in some sort of money towards the first team or made investment. Um, um, of course, um, you know, th- what you've just mentioned there is is poignant, but that's that's you know, there's there's a need for a deeper conversation regarding that particular yeah. point. I mean, yeah. I can't. I don't. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not okay with that particular part of, of the dynamics. But you know, if we, if you know, if we're serious about the youth academy succeeding, then the first team have to be, absolutely, uh, built on an infrastructure and foundation that is solid. And we all, yeah. we all recognise that. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, and just one more point for me, of which course. was on. You know, when the when when the when the main men's club, if you like, took over. Um, in the summer, the women's team, a new company was um, was, was put together and is listed in Company's House. I think it was um, set up in June or July yeah. called Crystal Palace FC Women or something like that. Very yeah. clearly the women's cl- own own company um, and the directors are the same directors. So it's um, Parrish, um, Texter. Blitzer and Harris so you know we know that um, that company was set up to take over the women um, and obviously there would have been some sort of funding provided I mean we wouldn't have been able to sign 15 new players and basically go full-time without that funding so there was obviously more money available but I just wonder whether or not they've really put put enough thought in behind it all because I just think you know we we you know, to, to actually move, to move, to to make a decision to, first of all, I think originally at the beginning of the season, we were going to play more games at Sellers. Then there was an issue with the pitch being used too much, but certainly being used directly before, a few days before men's home game. So that was changed. You know, we, we had a couple of changes at the beginning of the season with fixtures being put back to Bromley. I just wonder whether or not they thought about everything and if they just 
put everything together quickly without really thinking about all the issues. Um, and, I, and I know it's difficult because they're taking over a women's team for the first time. So there's going to be some teething problems. But mm. I must admit, I just think there's been a lot of teething problems, it seems to me, on, mm. on really, really important issues like training facilities, where we play, advertising, you know, all that sort of making, you know, making sure that we've, we, we, you know, we, we're getting people to, to support the team. You know, I just think it's been really a lot of it's been poor and I'm hoping that they've learned their lessons from this season yeah. and we can really move on. But yeah, I mean, you I mean know, oh, sorry, sorry, for go on. I didn't mean to. No, that, that, that was my point, really. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we obviously we lost Paul, uh, that you lost, Paul, we lost Paula at, at the um, at the uh, at the beginning. So uh, of the season, which when you lose someone with that amount of knowledge and wealth, it's going to be very hard, a hard act to follow. So I think that, that this transition is slightly painful because of that. Um, and also from what I can understand from, um, from one of the responses I got from someone at the club um, is that the women's side, although there's a company set up, they're not part of that company. They still haven't transferred over for some strange reason. I don't know what, what that is, but the, the the thing that's key for me also is that you know when we when we're looking about looking at that we're looking at investment and we're looking at um, the clear lines is that when when Crystal Palace Women was grassroots and we were grassroots club up until we 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 uh, the creation of the women's championships so that's three seasons ago we were one club and then the club had to split um, because. Um, because there were certain requirements that needed to be met, which is fine. So what we had to do was we had to separate bank accounts, we had to separate like sort of like um, structure in order to make sure that one didn't affect the other, just in case one went down or not. But we were still affiliated with it. Now, um, and I know we'll go on to that part because I'm sure, because I know I've been asked about what the response was, but um, some of the feedback has been, and you know, and and this is what make what makes me call into question what's going on behind the scenes because it's not all very clear, and I don't think everybody's on the same page. Is that um, some people are saying that they didn't know about us from a youth division point of view. Some of people are saying we didn't have permission to use the name. Some some people have called us a a, a, a non a non a non not even a non authorized. We're a, we're a non something um youth youth organization and um a lot of that conversation has been pretty uh, divisive now whether or not that's come from the particular person in the club or her media team yeah that's up to them what i will turn around and say to you is that from my perspective um we've always been part of this club um and every decision that's been made at the top end always subsequently affects the, the the youth division so um from the from the women's side from the women's side of it i think um when we look at the investment and the club and how it how it's been um actually both parts both first team and the youth youth development phase are both suffering because of ambiguity and i think what we need now is clarity on where everybody stands what that what that looks like and then and then what and what's the plan can we have an action plan what's the five-year plan what's the 10-year plan what are the aims and goals 
how are we going to achieve that? What do we need to do? Because right now it just seems as if everybody's sort of like we're 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 on a rad, it's a two rudderless ships that are floating through and just trying to make the gap, you know, with no navigation. It really needs someone just to take hold of the steering and say, actually, this is where we're going. It's going to take X amount of time. And that conversation there then allows parents, it allows the pro players to know that there's some direction and structure at this moment in time. I don't think, and I can't speak, I haven't spoken to any of the first team women, but from an outside in as your supporter, and I'm a, and I'm a supporter of the women's club, uh, women's first team as well, that, you know, it just seems as if no one really knows what's going on and we just need that clarity. So hopefully this new general manager will bring that clarity. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. I think um, the next the next few months are going to be vital for the for steering that that ship. Yeah, we need we need we need it steered in the right direction for sure. And there's a lot of decisions that need to be made about the future. I really hope we don't lose out on these under 18s and under nine and under 21 teams. But you know, it sounds as if you know at the moment at this moment in time, it sounds as if we're not going to have an under 18s or under 21s. Let's hope that changes. Yes. Um, on, on on your point that you made about um, the sort of I don't know the first team is slightly different setup than and, and uh, I under, my understanding was that the main club didn't recognise um, the junior teams, um, and that really worried me actually because I'm thinking well they they carry the name you know. Do you really, you know, do you really want a teams to be carrying the, your name and your reputation, and you don't recognise them? I mean, you, that that to me, I just felt that that didn't sound right. I mean, yeah. if you're only recognising the first team and you're not recognising the teams below that, then why are they even carrying your the club's name? I mean, that that to me didn't make sense. But that's what. Yeah. So I think I think that's what I heard that they they weren't recognised as teams yeah. below the first team. But at the end of the day, you know, I you know. The fact of the matter is, is that I, I, um, I, I know that people who are having conversations and the conversation I had, I, I've had, they, they are acutely aware that we have always been part of this club. We were part of this club as a grassroots team when they moved, when we moved as to become a, 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 um, a championship club, um, we were still affiliated and part of it. Um, and we had the licensing agreement also as well. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't see where, I don't see where the loss is for Palace. Like there isn't any loss. They've not lost anything. All they stand to gain is actually a group of girls who are already developed. And all right, we can look at maybe, you know, that um, there might be additional things that they need in order to progress to the first team. But those things are going to be small in comparison to where we were five or ten years ago. So um, I don't, you know, there are no negatives. There's only wins. Like I say, it's like being given a free car with keys. But all we're asking them to do is take it, and you know, add bits to it and make it better. That's all we're asking them to do. Um, so you know, and I hope that with this, with you know, with this podcast, but also the conversations that are having, having, and any other subsequent uh, communications that go out, that they actually see that you know, you know, I and other people who really care about this are, just, are coming from this from a place of sincere and genuine care and um, want for progress. And that's you know that's that that's the only thing I can I can reiterate. So yeah, we look forward to the summer and the next three months for sure. <laughs> Definitely, um, Nathaniel. I'm going to pass you back to Mike. But I just want to say thank you, thank no you problem. again. Honestly, it's so refreshing, and you're such an inspiration for anyone who 
follows women's football gosh what you've just said and all the, the passion and and, and 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 the time and effort and care that you've given to all those girls over the years is just absolutely incredible you should really feel proud of what you've done I'm um, saying thank you on everybody honestly, on behalf of all coaches that have been here it's not just me but yeah thank yeah you. no it's incredible yeah all, all all of you do such an amazing job not only for, for football you know inc improving footballers but life skills and making sure that those young people grow up with the right you know attitude and morals and work hard and <laughs> you, you set that example and the way you've spoken t tonight you know is fantastic so thank you again i'm just going to pass you back to mike but no, lovely, thank you so much for joining us no tonight. problem at all no problem phil thank you very much for having me okay yes sir, phil um i'm just going to say very quickly from an outside perspective the whole not recognizing the club and the, the bits you said sound very much like instead of someone going, do you know what? We've messed this up here. Hands up. We need to do better. That's how can I pass the blame away from myself? Um, yeah. That's kind and, of how that comes across. And, but... and, and, and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be straight with you. Okay. Mike. Like, um, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but like, but um, you know, I think they just thought I was just a normal coach. Just any old guy just voiced my opinion, but like, I'm, I'm actually quite. I'm, I'm educated, and 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 I say that not in a conceited way, but like I understand. I've got I've got family that work in media. I've got I've got I've got I've got family that work in a number of different facets that that understand and I speak to and I engage with quite regularly, and and so I was always expecting what they sent back to me in terms of a response. And one of the reasons why I never said anything. And I'm and I'm and I'm not going to put out the full details, and and I and I said that because I want to give the club a chance. I don't want it to become about me, and I want there to be true progress. So I'm not trying to hinder something for the benefit of just destroying everything, if that makes sense. But it was very interesting the response that I received back from the, uh, yeah, from the person at the club. That's that's for sure. Right. Well, I think I'm, I'm mindful of the time, uh, Nick. Next all part of Red and Blue Review. I know you, you've had a request to speak going for ages, but we are time constraints and stuff. Sure. Um, I'll have to, I probably won't be able to squeeze you in. I, I think we'll probably skip over the, the previous Sunday, of Sunday as well because we want to get this this important subject covered. So, um, Nathaniel, obviously, so you, you put the, the tweet out um, mm. with the letter. Uh, mm -hmm. It's got loads and loads of retweets. Yeah. Um, oh, it wasn't just on Twitter. Around, I, I seen... Yeah, it wasn't just on Twitter. So I there was a strategic plan to release things in different. So it's on it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's on Twitter, and it's on LinkedIn as well. So I but I did it in a staggered way so that right. it was so it was continued and there was never a loss in reaching new people. So yeah, excellent. So you've, you've it's gone out on all those platforms. I know all those platforms. Yeah. So just just having seen on on the Twitter side of it, the a lot of comments, a lot of feedback coming through. Yeah. Um, so what has then happened? You've put that out there. What has then been, um, been the next thing that sort of come from it? Well, um, I can say that like two senior figures from the club have reached out. Um, 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 I can't mention who they are, but um, yeah, if we, if we guess, you can just make noises for that. <laughs> <laughs> You guys saw it. Ah, you're saying. trying to get me as well. No, 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 no. We're not going <laughs> to nah, do that. Won't do that. Today, Mike. But what I would turn around and say to you is, one of them was extremely positive, and I think one of them doesn't wasn't isn't really aware of what's going on. The other one was, it was strategic, 
and this was exactly what I was expecting, which is why I actually put in my letter something like, um, "I know that your your media team are going to be are going to be working because I think it genuinely, from what I can gather from the feedback I got from some people in and around." who were slightly frustrated but also some people who were who were actually kind of like oh well done was that like it ruffled feathers it definitely ruffled feathers and um it ruffled feathers in such a way that from what i can understand that people at the top were asking questions of people below who had been put in charge of this to ask what's going on um and so i did get a response from someone at the club um and um it was insightful um but there were inconsistencies in what was in, in the information that was provided, and 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 I actually responded to them and and, and I said to them like I, and I gave them the opportunity and I said, look, if your media team have drummed this up for you, yeah, then you need to have a word with them because you know I know more than what you think. I'm not you know I know I know how this would have played out. So if I give all my cookies out, yeah, then I've got nothing to back up on. And so I think part of me thinks that the club were just waiting for me to just die down and it for it to just disappear. But the problem they had was that the conversation resonated with every single young woman, young girl that plays the game of football. And while some of the, and I know that some of the first, the first team can't say anything, I can appreciate that they're employed by the club. I can appreciate the first team staff can't say anything because they're employed by the club. But there are girls and parents around that who know me, who understood what I was trying to do and always knew that I always, and I've always got stuff in reserve. I've always got stuff in reserve. Even now, even the stuff that I've told you, I can... I, I, you know, I can I can openly go to other, you know, uh, large media sources and, and and say more, but I don't I don't need to because that's not what the purpose is. This isn't this isn't a, this isn't a defamation of character type scenario where we're trying to deface club. We're actually trying to build it. So if what I'm going to do, and I always look at what I say and do, and if if I feel that it's counterproductive to the conversation, then I'm not going to mention it. But what I will say, turn around and say that I was I was a little bit disappointed in some of the feedback that I was given. However, overall, I was encouraged by there being a commitment to have that conversation. And, um, and we await to see the outcome of those particular conversations right now. So that's why I'm being very careful and cautious, because at the end of the day, I know there's other people who are working hard to try and make something positive happen out of this. And hopefully everything that we think might happen won't happen. And actually we have a positive outcome to um, this, this, this matter. But if you've got a specific question you want to ask me, if I can answer it, I'll answer it. If I can't, then I won't. Yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, for the first time for me, diplomacy is probably the way forward as you say it's it's now the early stages um i don't want to start put you you know where you, as you say you know you've got to be careful what you say you don't want to cause any stirring issues at the moment so i think well i don't think we need to ask any further questions on that yet i think maybe yeah. what would be good would be perhaps in a, hopefully in a, in a few months time to have you back on um, to be able to have hopefully have a a conversation more detailed about about progress. And if, yes, I think that would probably be the better way because at this moment in time, it's only been a couple of weeks. We're not going to be able to have that, that's not going to be in place. As you said, there's a lot of hurdles still to overcome. So there I think, is, there is, and I want to give the club the opportunity to 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 respond back, not to answer me, but just to respond back and to come up with just solutions and ideas that will. Um, that are positive, yeah? That's what we want. 
And all I wanted, and I'm, and all I'm saying, and I said, and I said this to people before. I said to them, I said to people, the problem, with, the problem with the club, and I'll turn around and say to them, to you, and this is their biggest problem. Forget about the response that they gave me. I'm not even interested in that. In terms of anyone who's worked in media knows, yeah, that if someone puts out a statement such as that, yeah, which is, you know, it, it, you know, it was very passionate and it was very, very deep cutting. The first thing you do is you you come out and you say to the audience, you know, you acknowledge. Yeah, we've, we've received media reports regarding this. We don't have an answer right now, but we're looking into the facts and details and we'll come back to you. But all the questions I got from people were just like, how come they haven't responded? Why are they not responding? How come they haven't responded? Why are they not responding? And that in itself shows the apathetic nature that I was talking about in my letter. Does that make sense? It, it, it's almost like, you know, give someone enough rope. And you know, you know, they'll they'll string them, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll they'll knot themselves up in it, and that's all I was doing. I I I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to be slick or smart with it. I was just saying to, I was just saying, let's have a conversation. If they turn around and said to me, hi Nathaniel, you know, thank you for this, thank you for this. Um, we know you got concerns. We want to go away and look at this. I would have come back to, on the same day, and said hi everyone. We're having a conversation. Great. So. Um, I won't say anything now. And I did. The, I actually did that when I actually got the response back. I did say to everybody, hi, I've received a response. So right now, there's no reason for me to continue with, um, 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 with you know, with, with repeating and putting little tidbits out to keep the conversation going because now we've got a response. But, um, but, but like, like I turn around and say, like, just they're a powerhouse, but I'm a powerhouse too. And, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, I've still got stuff that I can say. I've still got people who are really, really interested in the story. Um, and also, I know that other clubs are watching this. And it's not because I'm trying... I'm not trying to destroy Crystal Palace. I'm actually trying to better the game for them as well as everybody else. And if it means I have to make the sacrifice and I'm not coaching in football in the long term, so be it. But my job as an advocate for women's football, um, my job would have been done. And I can sleep well at night knowing that I've done what I needed to do. Excellent. So I think so. I'm, I'm mindful of the time. Yeah, fine. Uh, and, I, and I do think, as I say, I think that would be would be good to come back to in a few months' time, hopefully, and, and have a nice, a, a good, detailed conversation about the possible progress that's being made. Um, if you're happy to come back on again, yeah. Um, so I think, it, in terms of that, uh, I think that's how we'll leave it. I, I've got two questions that I, I just want to quickly ask you. One's just out of curiosity, more than anything. Um, and then I need then need to bug Phil for his prediction for Sunday. Um, okay, <laughs> but, but the one out of curiosity, yeah. obviously I know you tagged a lot of people. I then tagged a lot of people, and other people tagged a lot of people. And I, I know two of the people you tagged in the tweet were Ian Wright and Mark Bright. Yeah, I was just curious because I know Mark Bright comes to women's games. He's kind of the eyes and ears of Parish. Yeah. Um, so he's been down to he comes down to games. Obviously, yeah. Ian Wright uh, is a massive advocate of women's football. Um, we all know how passionate he is about it, and um, he's kind of been like he's kind of been like the the men's face of women's football a little bit on TV and right. stuff. But yeah. did he? Did you get a reply or anything from either of them two at all? No, nope, nothing from them. Those two. Oh. That's just well. I mean, I can't say. In, in a lot of ways, I'm not surprised, but in some ways, you know, I thought maybe, maybe Wrighty might have. Um, probably too busy kissing the Arsenal badge somewhere. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's a little bit of salt there that I could. Uh, I could yeah, that, that they'll never go. That's we're football fans. We we hold on to these things forever. That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what I was turn around and say to you though is that, like, you know, 
Ian Wright was advocating quite vehemently for the women's game. So I can't, I can't, you know, and, you know, he's got a relationship with the club as well. So he has to be careful. But I, you know, my question is, is that people speak on a women's structure, but my question is, do they understand it? There is a stark difference between advocating and understanding it. Because when you understand it, then you're able to really contribute and see the differences. Because, like, there are issues all over, you know, and you know, and 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 that comes from that understanding of the pyramid and and the game itself. So yeah, that's all I can yeah, say. Hundred percent. And as I say, I, I just for the bits I've seen in my time, not only are there the difficult a lot of some difficulties outside the women's game that, that cause problems for women's game, but within the women's game itself, at times I say at the moment it it, it still doesn't help itself. Um, so there's definitely a lot of a lot of battles to be won. Um, yes. But my final question. Yep. is just obviously this, this is out there now the these initial conversations have begun I know you're, yep. you're waiting to see what happens next but what is the next step for you what are the next steps for me <laughs> um uh, I am gonna complete my UEFA B and I'm going to take the under 14s to every single final that I can possibly help them achieve. And, um, and um, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I was disillusioned with the club. Um, but if there's an opportunity to, cro- to, to continue next year, um, then why wouldn't I stay, um, is the question. But at the same time, um, um, people, I'm not saying that I'm the greatest coach in the world, you know, but at the same time, like, people know what I'm about. And I've done... And I've, you know, and I personally have done things at the club that, and other other coaches have done things at this club that just wouldn't be expected with the resources that we have. And that has come down to honestly the passion and the skill of the coaches that we've had over the last six or seven years. Without them, past and present, without them, we wouldn't have the infrastructure that we have now. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I've got, you know, I, I I love wearing the Crystal Palace badge. I you know, you know I, I you know I love I love everything that the club means, and what it stands for. And it's my local club. I've always you know I've always lived in South London. So, um, to remain here would be the ideal dream. But at the same time, I have to be I have to be pragmatic and mindful that you know this might ruffle a few feathers, and that might not necessarily be possible now. Hopefully, in the future it will be, but we'll see. Yeah, but n- n- never say never. Never say never. Excellent, thank you. Well, I, I can say you're, you're not alone on the the feeling disillusion front. As I think a lot of the Palace fan base in general has has kind of been feeling that way uh, this season. Um, but I know I, I speak for everybody that's listening now and and hopefully listening in in the future to this. That obviously we'd we'd love you to stay, um, and we hope that you are still there next season and hopefully can play a part in helping the club take the the next steps forward. Um, to progressing and protecting the future of this football club. Yeah, um, so would, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. I will ask you if you don't mind just to just to stay on. Um, okay. Just for if that's okay, you got a, if you've got a couple of minutes, no, 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 no fine, stay fine. on and um, feel if I bring you back in. Um, just before we wrap everything up, obviously there is a game on Sunday. It's the rearranged fixture uh, when it got rained off um, before Christmas. Against Sheffield United, uh, a team that we are yet to beat in this league. Um, so, 
that's 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 a positive. But we're normally good at ending those kind of runs, so hopefully that we'll end that on Sunday. But we've got so. a rearranged fixture. Uh, it's at Hayes Lane, um, so I'll put that out there for everybody because the main club ain't going to put it out there. It's at Hayes Lane. Uh, it was a two o'clock kickoff. It's now a twelve o'clock kickoff, uh, which is uh, a frustration um, because it's not the first time it's happened this year in twenty twenty three where the the, the, the fixture has been changed um, time wise, which is causing fans to miss out because it's happening so so bloody late. To be honest with you, um, and I believe that's going to be around the issues with Hayes Lane and been told not to play there and then nothing else arranged and without playing there but there is a frustration so i don't know what our attendance is going to be like so i know some of the loyal now can't go um which is a shame so there is frustrations there around it but there is a game of football obviously we won our last game uh we beat dirty durham one nil probably our best performance since um round four of the competition against blackburn um not including the, the Watford Cup game. So, a clean sheet, three valuable points, our first winner this year in the league. So, we've got some momentum. Sheffield United, though, have started to pick up a couple of points themselves. They've got Coventry chasing them down, so they need a win. And they've got the new manager coming in, uh, Jonathan Morgan, who, obviously, there's things surrounding him that we can't go into. Uh, but, so, they're going to have possibly the, the new manager um bump as it were but it's good. I feel I don't know you feel but I'm feeling more more enthusiastic more excited more confident about this game than I would have been two weeks ago um, obviously we haven't really got the time to, to go into it too much but I kind of just want to get where your quick view of where you're you're standing on it and, and what you're predicting yeah thanks Mike I mean just before I do that I just want to say one more thing about would, the fans. I knew it yeah I know <laughs> I just want to say, I know I can't let I can't let this go because I've I know from people that Nathaniel's trained how absolutely brilliant he is and how highly they think of him and that is I just want to say that on the basis that I really hope he stays next season and and and, and because I think the value he adds to the to the club is incredible. I also know and I think this is right. This is what I was told anyway that when Nathaniel wasn't going to take the under 16s one of the players that was due to join the under 16s didn't join in the end because. She was only going to join because of Nathaniel and she actually didn't come in the end uh, when Nathaniel was going to drop down to a lower uh, age group. And that's how highly you're thought of, Nathaniel, because the players want to want to come and play for you, you know, and it'd be a real shame if, if we lose if we lose that um, that expertise and you know, and how highly thought of you are. So I just wanted to say that because, I mean, I don't know if you know those, if you know about the play, a player not coming because they expected you to be the manager for the under-16s. That's how highly they thought of you. But that, that's what I was told. Oh, thank you. Trust me, you need to come down some nights when they're, they're, we're doing um, drills where there's lots of running. They don't like me that much. I can <laughs> you with that. <laughs> that's the best answer ever. I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, on Sunday then, yeah, Sheffield, you know, I, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough game. As you say, we've never beaten them, have we? And um, uh, they're always really difficult games. I mean, they've um, they started the season not great for them. I mean, they, they're they usually near the top and they're strugg- they've struggled a bit. Neil Bedfern's left as manager. They've still got some really good players, though, um, even though they lost their style winger to Chelsea, didn't they? Um, uh, Lucy, uh, was it Lucy Watson? I think. Um, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think... Um, 
you know, they've really struggled. But then they, they beat Charlton the other week, didn't they, last week? So I think uh, it's going to be a tough game as always. I, I think that our confidence, I think having ha- having Amy um, back in the team has given us confidence with her calmness and passing from the back. I think we just look a bit more um, confident as a, as a team, passing the ball better. And I think that will help us. So um, I'm going to go for a 3-1 win to Palace. And the goal scorers, that I'm, I would have gone for Paige to score because she's due a goal and she was so close the other in the last game. And she, she, you know, she went through and just knocked it past the post. So I think Paige is due a goal, but I think she's been in Australia playing for Jamaica. And I, I think they've got a game, might be tonight actually, so she, or might have been yesterday. And so she's probably coming back from Australia as we speak, which means that she there could be, you know, the chances of her starting the game with jet lag. And it's a long trip, obviously, we you know. So I would have gone for Paige, but I, I'm going to go for Annabelle Blanchard with two goals and Husey with one. Interesting. You know, we haven't scored three goals in the league games since September. <laughs> Right, I'm going to go for one nil. No, <laughs> um, no. I think there's, you know, I think the confidence is coming back. We, you know, we played well at Southampton in in large spells. We looked like a decent team, and then obviously, you know, um, beating Durham. I think the confidence is coming back, and I think we're um, we're due we're due to score a few goals. And actually, Annabelle, you know, she's been unlucky with so many chances that either just sort of gone past the post. I think she's. She's, you know, the, the way she, and she obviously scored the winner in the last game. I just think she's, she's got the, you know, she's, she's. I, I've got her down to score twice, but you know, you could even see her if everything clicked for her, she'll she'll score four or five in a game one day because she just, uh, she's just got magic feet. So, but yeah, we'll see, um, we'll see what happens. But I, I think we'll, I think we'll score a few goals actually. I think confidence coming back and everything. Yeah, home home game as well. I think you've literally but, just taken my regular line. I think I say that every game, every every pod that. And at some point, Annabelle's going to score four or five and she's got magic feet. You just... <laughs> I feel a bit lost now. What was I supposed to say? Um, <laughs> but I, I think we've, we've had consistency in the last few games well, with formation and line-up and, and that's been key as well. And hopefully, I'd imagine, you'd like to think that will be similar again this weekend. Um, and as you say, the confidence, the performances have been picking up. So, it's going to be a tough game because Sheffield United are fighting for their lives down there. They need the points. Um... You know, and as you say, still got some good players. Obviously, we, we stole their keeper from them. Um, but, you know, Courtney Sweetman Kirk's still there. Um, so th- th- there are th- a lot of threats. But I, I think I think Fran will uh, will equal uh, Chloe's record of uh, six clean sheets for the club. Um, I say record, that's promotion, obviously, because stats didn't seem to exist before then. Uh, so I, I think she'll get a, get a clean sheet again this weekend. Uh, and I've got us down to win 2-0. Um, I also think Annabelle will score. Uh, Blanchard's in fire. Uh, as I've got the song going last weekend. Um, and she is... She's now one goal behind Husey in the Golden Boot race. And she's top scorer in 2023 for us. So... And it is true. She... As I say, she, she should be in double figures. The chances that they've come away and stuff... on an, You know, on another day... She would have already had like a couple of hat tricks, and you know could have could have been double figures. So, um, but she only got two for Blackburn last year, and she's already on fire for us. So, you know, she's she's the kind of player that you build you build a team around, and hopefully will be with us for a long time, and you know we'll we'll, we'll thrive. Um, so I think Annabelle scores, and I think she probably sets up one and for Rihanna Dean. I've got Rihanna to score her first for the club as well. So um, I am going two 0 to the Palace and into the 20s for the points 
hunting down the clowns. Excellent. So, um, Excellent. Yes. So, right. With that said, um, I will apologise to, to Nick if he's still in here. Um, that I didn't get him on. Um, obviously, we have to work with time. So, I will, I will say is thank you, a massive thank you, uh, first of all, to everyone who's listening live. It's definitely been our most attended pod. Um, so, thank you very much to everyone who's listened live. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it. I hope it's been insightful for you. Um, hopefully, we've generally covered the questions and stuff that you'd have wanted us to. I'm sure there's things that people have still wanted to ask. It's, it's impossible to, to kind of get all the questions in. Um, but hopefully, it's been insightful. Um, it's been enjoyable to listen to. Uh, and I will say, please, those who are Palace fans, get yourselves down to Hayes Lane, back the team. Um, you know, we've got, a, we've got a good little bunch there. Uh, we want we want to make it grow. So thank you to everyone who's listening live. Thank you to anyone who listens on the the replay of this. Uh, that I'll be tweeting out on or Twitter, obviously. Um, and obviously, thank you to everyone who's listening to us on Spotify. As I always say, we are free to listen to on Spotify to subscribe to. If you subscribe, you then get alerted when this goes gets posted. So thank you to everyone who's listening to us. Thanks as always to yourself, Phil. But I want to say a massive, massive thank you to Nathaniel. Um, I want to, for, for a few things, I want to say thank you for A, standing up um, with doing what you felt was right uh, when it could have come at risk to yourself in terms of your your, your role with the club. Um, but to do that, to put that letter out there, um, to stand up for what you believe in, um, I want to say thank you for doing that. Uh, I want to say thank you to you for coming on the pod tonight um, and having these conversations with us and being open and honest with us and um, giving us the opportunity to talk to you and to put this message out there. Um, but also thank you for everything that you've done over the years so far for all those all all those girls that have come through the system um, whose dreams. I know you'll say as well. There's a team of you, and I understand that, but you're the one who's on the pod tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just want to say thank you to for all for all those young girls who've, I'd imagine, you know, have had a passion for football and have just have been desperate to, to be able to find their path in it, which for so for so many years and still sadly now continues to be very difficult for young girls to get into football. It's getting better, but I want to say thank you for all the work that you've done um, to give those girls that opportunity to to play the sport that they love to. To, to hone their craft, to improve their skills, to, to be a part of something. And hopefully, for many, many of them, um, to have a career ahead of them. And, and hopefully things will be sorted out and be, that career will be with Palace. So just a big thank you to you for, for all that you've done. Thank you. For Palace Football Club. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And thank you, Phil, for yeah the support. I don't, as you can tell, I'm not... <laughs> I don't take compliments well. No. So. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but thank you I really appreciate it and like I say you know um, it's, it's it's been a pleasure um, to to be coaching and to continue to coaching going you know, to remain positive and yeah we should hope for the right outcome yeah excellent thank right. you on that note let's say thank you to everybody later. for listening and uh, hopefully we'll see maybe who can down there on Sunday 12 o'clock kickoff Palace versus Sheffield United uh, please subscribe to us hope you listening soon and uh I think we'll call it a night there. So cheers, Phil. Cheers, Mike. Thanks again, Nathaniel.
Thank you. See you later. Thank you, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Come, come on, you palace.